Welcome back to Hear Our Voices. It's your host, Kate Davis. And thank you for coming back every week to listen to our people with lived experience. Thank you guys for supporting us on Instagram. We have a small, small following. But I'm going to appreciate each and every one of you who come back every week to listen to us. And who shares um, people's stories and share resources and things like that. I just want to put out there, can you please follow us on social media? Everything will be in the link tree down below. Um, And if you have a person who has resources, we would love to have them to help be able to help people. Right now, we're only taking resources from New York City because that's all we have the capacity for. And um, we're also taking stories from people who have lived experience with a child in shelter with a child under 18 um, in any shelter or displacement or things like that in that nature any form of homelessness street homelessness anything like that we are taking you we would love to have and hear your story um so people can understand and really know how homeless actually homelessness actually is and who it affects um a lot of times when people really think about homelessness they think about people in the street a lot of the times they don't see the families and how the families the mom dad um, aunts, uncles, cousins, um, the kids are. And you'd be surprised where a lot of people are living. Some are in shelters, some are in the parks. Can you imagine being in a park every night, especially if you live in a place like New York City where it has all the seasons? That's why a lot of times they go to um, hotter states to live because it's more um, easier if they're going to be in the street. But like, in New York City, homeless, their homelessness is usually in shelters. A lot of their homelessness are in shelters. But, um, just put yourself in these people's shoes and transform um, how you think about homelessness and in a whole. So sit back and relax and hear Natalie's story and see you. Well, see you at the end of this podcast, right? <laughs> Hope you all are enjoying this. Bye. Women have babies every day. But like, oh, right. they have kids every day. Yeah, they have kids every day. Right. But, you know, that's not easy it's going not- through labor. It's not easy. And I think if, you know, honestly, if men would have to give labor, we would have a plethora of resources. <laughs> Definitely. For sure. <laughs> Anything that men go through, I feel like they always get every resource. They're like, oh, man, men. But can you imagine, you know, men, uh, men get sick and they turn into man babies. Right. A woman gets sick and you still got to take care of the kids. You still got to do this. And even as a single Correct. mom. If you know, if you if you're a single parent, you have so much extra more pressure and duty to not only be perfect and do it right, because your kids, when you go to school, when you send them to school, they're gonna be like, oh, they've got a single parent household. So then they look at your kid differently. Right. You know, so they're they're just uh there's just so much with that. It definitely is. Um, (laughs) I think that single moms it's honestly it could be just not even single moms just moms in general who have babies it's a lot it's a lot to um be a mom and make sure things and as you said the men get to be man babies we still have to bring the other kids to school we got to make sure if you have c-section make sure the wound is okay because you know it can get infected god forbid you know everybody's process of pregnancy is definitely different um yeah. if you tear down there you got to make sure you clean that out every day 
You can't laugh too hard. You got to breastfeed. Is the baby gaining enough weight? Is the baby not gaining weight? Does the baby have a temperature? It's so much different things what could be factored in to you and the baby's care. And plus, you got to take care of other people around you if you have more than one child and you still got a husband. Thank, thank you for the husbands out there who help. I'm just saying, or boyfriends who help with people who have kids. Because sometimes the men don't always help because they just don't know. What to, they feel almost like disconnected because it's not really them going through it. It's just kind of mm. in the background. Some men, they just know how to get in there. Some men have to be taught how to do it. And the men who come in after in the second quarter, think, shout out to you too. I'm just saying, shout out to you because at least you didn't give up and you try your best to help with diapers, help with late night feedings. You know, you can't pump, but you could, if the bottle is filled up in the fridge, all you got to do is warm it up and give it to the baby while mommy's sleeping. So thank you for the people who are, the men and the people and family members who are doing this job because it is not easy being a pregnant mom and being by yourself. It's not easy going through it by yourself. It's not easy. Well, I didn't do the late nights. I don't know how that is. Apparently people get up at night feeding their kids. I got up at night, but my, my daughter was sleeping. I just pop a bottle in her mouth while she's on her back and she never cried like for months at night in general. She didn't cry that much regardless. So I was lucky in that um, regard, but some moms I heard it, they wake up, you know, every hour the child's getting up, this and that. Um, it, it's very hard. Like um, people consider their pets, you know, as their children. It's kind of, it's much worse than this. Cause you know, you know, you can get in trouble for not taking care of your pet, but this is a whole person. And you know, ACS. Yeah. And door. you didn't birth it. You didn't birth it. You don't, you don't have the hormones. You're not, exactly. you know, I, I don't think you're as sleep deprived as, you know, I've had a puppy. Right. I've trained him. He's very well trained, like right. my children. <laughs> so, it took a couple so, of years to get them together. Like even after, yeah. they're not even like they're not tr- usually. But you can't lock year. your kid in the crate overnight right. so that they don't pee on themselves. You know what I mean? Like you got, like you got to change a diaper overnight. You can't let him sit in that because exactly. then they'll end up with certain, uh, you know, diaper rash and whatnot. So right. I mean, it is not. It definitely. It's I not mean, the same. It's not the same at all. And to sit there and say that kids are like animals, I mean... People always say that, though. Like, this is my baby. Honestly, if you don't have children, that might really feel like it's your baby. But you haven't experienced having a child. But it's not the same thing. The, the stand, You know, at this point, society might have put it kind of higher than kids in some, in some places. I feel like they do a lot for animals. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do much for animals. I'm just saying people, little humans, are basically an extension of you. And... You gotta make sure they're taken care of, as she said, with the um the diapers. You gotta make sure they they feed, especially with little little ones, they pee a lot more. So they get, can get dehydrated faster and they have to drink a lot. So they're usually drinking every two hours. That means their pamper should be changed almost every two hours. So um it's a lot to make sure this person and when they're so young, they get diseases faster. Like this lady, she just had a baby, I don't say two and a half weeks ago, and the, I think it's called rhino disease, I believe. But because the baby is not that like old, um, it's hard for the baby to fight off this and they don't have vaccinations yet. If you know babies after a while, they get up to two months, they get a lot of vaccinations in that, in that time period. So they can get sick on a lot of just blowing in the air and they can get sick like that. It takes a lot to keep these little humans alive. Like you didn't pop up as an adult. You had to work your way on up there. I've been chicken pox back in the day. Like these are things and steps what has to happen for you to become who you are today. So just be- And it's you know, not something that's just like, uh, it, like some- what what do you say like i don't know not not everyone you know 
know so much about being, you know, a parent or, you know, uh, keeping a little baby alive, you know. Um, I was lucky because I come from a big Mexican family and we're expected to, you know, take care of all the kids, no matter right. what age you are. I mean, if you can walk and talk, you can take care of a kid. Right. So, <laughs> so I don't remember when I started like taking care of kids and cooking and cleaning and learning all of that. So for me, having a child at 19 was, uh, it was just like second nature for me, but I've seen people who are in their forties having children late and just like cannot chew gum and walk at the same time. It's so right. they're they're like a fish out of water. They don't for know real. what to do. <laughs> they they don't know what to do, and it you know, and it's hard for me to be like, how do you not know? Yeah, you know, but um, you know, trying trying to give them like like uh, understand and um, not be hypercritical because right. I think we're tough on ourselves already. Right. So, but yeah, it's a, there's a lot you have to know, you know, you have to know about jaundice. What do you do about that? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I was taught, you know, from young, it's like, Oh, you know, you would hear them. Oh, you know, they have jaundice. You've got to put them a little bit in the sunlight so that that can go away. And right. I just was like, Oh, you know, I knew that automatically at 19, like, oh, you know, my kid's looking a little, you know, yellowish there. Let me go put him, <laughs> you know, in the sunlight, because that's what I learned, right. you know, and that's what worked. And so there's just all these small things that you, that people don't learn. And on top of that, not many people are having children at the rate that they did back in the 90s, that's true. And, you know, 80s and 90s when I was growing up, because I was born in 81. Wow. And I mean, yeah, and I was watching kids when I was like seven. Me too. So Me too. Probably, probably, probably earlier. You know, I had a whole house full of kids, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, you know, uh, but I don't ever remember my mom being around unless. <laughs> you know unless she was like locking us out locking the screen door and telling us not to come back until the sun started going down exactly so like I don't ever remember her ever being around but she worked a lot so that's why you know we my sister and I we had to take care of siblings constantly got it got it now I understand um for sure my brother was born but my second to last brother was born when I was seven my father had other kids. That's why I say second to last brother. To be clear, as people are like, what is she talking about? My second to last brother, my mother had, and I was living with her. Um, and after a certain age, she just left me in the house with him. And then she would say, don't cook any food. But like, if we're in the house for hours at a time, <laughs> we got to eat. So she would hate me going on the stove, but I would have to do it. I remember changing pampers. Um, then my mother, he had a babysitter. So I used to go to the babysitter after school. And sometimes like when I'm sick or half a day and I'll go there, the lady will go to a place that's called Jamaica Avenue. Where she was is in Laurelton and Jamaica Avenue is like a 30 minute, 25 minutes to 30 minute bus ride, depending how you do everything. And she would leave me with, it was four kids, my brother's age, so like two years old, with four babies, two years old, and other kids there who were under five. And she would leave, uh, at the time I was, I think it was eight or nine. Just She would just leave me like, just don't answer the door. What do you mean, miss? But now, that'd be harder to do. People still probably do it. But, um... It was uh, uh I, I my generation. We still happened. do it because we're like we survived. We survived. It's true. Like, it's true. Right. Now different though. The kids now <laughs> they handle it. 
They're breaking well, down. Well, they have laws now that you can't leave your kid past a certain age. But That's get true. this. I think Washington State has doesn't have that law. Really? Yeah, because I was, you know, like, I, I'm not going to lie. I was so desperate, like, counting on family members who were just not right. right. I mean, you know, bless, like, bless their hearts because they, they had the best of intentions, right. you know, and they're, like, they're really good people. They just got, uh, you know, they've got some vices that I prefer right. not to have around my children or, or right. you're going to, like, you know, do it on your own time, not on my time. Like, exactly. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to hate anyone with with whatever they got going on. Right. Just like, you know, when, when we are we have an agreement, you need to uphold that agreement. That's definitely true. So, your person of your word. So, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, at a certain point, I was just like, well, at what age can, you know, my I leave my oldest, who's, a, who's like almost a six-year age difference, right. with my youngest. Right. And they were like, well, you know, we prefer that you don't do it. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, at some point when he was like nine, I thought to myself, well, you know what? Like, I really feel like he is, he has the wherewithal. <laughs> like, you know, no, I was like, did you feel kid, it? he can't be a moron. <laughs> did you feel it or you wanted to feel it? Because it could be a difference. You could feel it because you need to get this stuff done. Or he really was responsible. Which one was no, it? He, re he really was responsible. Okay, because that's I good. Just, like, I mean, it was just like, I'm just going to work. So right. it was more like, you know, your brother's in kindergarten. Like, <laughs> you know, like, we'll have the neighbor pick him up. But y'all go to the house. And I want you to right. stay there. Don't let no one in. Right. Because I, on a, in a way, I wanted, like, I felt like that was that was safer. Right. And letting them, letting the neighbor watch them for forever. That's true. Like, I'm just like, yes, I like the neighbor. She's a great person, but I don't know who she has in her house. That's the thing too. Oh my God. You know, like coming from like trauma and, and, uh, right. And things like that. I'm just like, I think when you, um, survive sexual abuse as a child, yeah. um, your biggest fear is something like that happened to your kid yeah just like i have to protect you at all costs that's so and true so i in a lot of ways you project you project all your fears onto your kids and, and sure. so it makes them you know i feel like now my kids just don't they're just like man we don't we feel like you got ulterior motives because right. like, i'm always like that i'm just like i'm not i don't know like you know, when people invite me to their house so early and things like that, I'm just like, I don't know you. Right. Like, that's weird. Even if and, people you know, know you'd be surprised because people act one way in front of your face. But when you're not yeah. there, they act differently. And I think that's yeah. what, like, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Um, I never put this out publicly, but when I was a kid, my mom used to um, leave me at this lady's house. Well, it's my god sister um, and her family. Her family was excellent. I could say they're excellent people. Um, her father died, and I call him my dad. Excellent people. The problem is that the people they had around them weren't excellent people. So they might have mm -hmm. been excellent, and you might have your kids in good hands, but the people who that their friends they bring over might be the problem. The person themselves might be a great, excellent. They take care of your kids. They used to um, make sure my showers together. Um, never did nothing bad to me. Took care of me. Christmas. I used to be doing Christmas and Thanksgiving at their house. I'd be in their room sleeping. I used to sleep over all the time. And my mother had to go to work. And my mother knew these people from like Jamaica. My family, if you don't know, is Jamaican. And the people they brought around me did stuff to me. So it's like, oh. they were wonderful. She had, the lady had um 
it was a man and a wife, and he had three kids, one girl and two boys. And the boys would never, they're like big brothers to me. They would have never done anything harmful to me. Their friends were the problem. Yeah. And that's the thing people don't think about. Like you might have the bestest person around you. You have to ask that person, are you bringing people around my kids? Or like, if you know this person, the person who like to bring people around them in general, maybe ask that person going to be not, maybe not so known, like mean, but say, can you please, when my kids are there, don't bring nobody else around the house. Like just to make, to be cautious. Like you said earlier, um, you end up because stuff happens to you as a, a younger child, mm-hmm. you are extra precautious on a thousand because you don't want the same thing and you know how that could carry on to an adulthood and it could affect mm-hmm. other p- parts in your life. People don't think that stuff they do to children could affect them as in a 20, 30, 40 year old. It does. You are shaped by the things that happen to you as a child. That's why it's always good to have um, certain things happen to kids at a certain age, like like five and below is really developmental age, even when they get older, because the things that happen to them as kids shape what they do in adulthood. So um, I'm great that came up because I'm like, just be careful, guys. I'm just saying, put it out there. Yeah, I, I mean, it's so hard. It it's is. so hard, you know? You you know, um, there's a... I feel like you're you're at your most vulnerable when you're homeless, when you're a single mother, right. you know, um, because you want so desperately to ha- to be a part of the community, right. um, to have a community, to feel supported. Um, but still, you you know, in the back of your mind, you know, you're alone. You're like, okay, you know, I you know, yes, I'm I'm happy that you want to help me. But I, I don't know if I can trust that person. Like, I don't, you know, I'd rather, sometimes it's like, I'd rather, you know, figure it out myself or suffer for this amount of time until, um, you know, until I can let my kids be by themselves so that I can, you know, work and know that they're, they're safe at home, you know? And I think that's how, I, that's, that's where I came from with letting the kids stay at home so that, I, you know, after school so that I can, you know, work. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't regret my choices, but, you know, I do, I do feel like it me it made them in a way kind of grow up faster. Right. So, but you know what? I'm not here for mom guilt. So I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to feel guilty about that at all because they seem to have, they seem to be good kids. They're, That's they're very good. caring, kind, and you know what? They got to have a childhood that I wish I had. Right. So, which, which to me um, is more important than them having to suffer a couple of hours with, you know, some Lunchables and Uncrustables. Right. You know, Some kids out there get. If that's nothing. your biggest problem, then <laughs> right. I don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> right, for sure. You're a great mom. Oh, it sounded like you was good. You really wanted the best for your kids. You wanted to keep them out of harm's way. You fed them. You you put a house over there. Like you did your part. I'm not <laughs> but some people don't got nothing. So if you did yeah. that, and that's just a minimum, and I know you did more than that, you're excellent. I'm just saying, you're excellent. Thank okay. you. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever told me that, so I'll keep that. <laughs> just, I don't like to compare, but I do it a lot. And I'm sometimes I think I do it in a negative way and I just need to work on that. But um I I'm a person who likes to be grateful for everything that you have. Um at one point I had cataracts in my eyes, so I couldn't see nothing. And now I could like I don't see 2020, but I could see. So I try to be grateful at one point I couldn't see and now I could see. 
I might not do as much yeah. as everybody else and as fast as everybody else, but I want to be so grateful because it could be so much worse. Like I was homeless, but I wasn't living on the street. I was like, I didn't always have toilet paper, but if I needed something, I had to go to McDonald's to get some paper. Like I try to be grateful because it could be worse that I, I couldn't walk. And with the, yeah. um, I have, I, I grew I, I was born with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, which is, affects your joints. And some oh, people yeah. end up in wheelchairs. I'm happy yeah. that I'm grateful to walk. I'm grateful. I'm happy. I'm grateful to see. And um, you can't always dwell in the past about things. You just have to kind of, honestly, I, I suffered depression before and anxiety. And depression goes here and there. Especially around the holidays, it's hard for me. But I try to make sure I put myself in like, and pray to God, like, and put myself by the bootstraps. Like, you have to make it. Especially when I have a daughter. I think it's so much easier to get better for me because I have my kid. Before, without my kid, I was like, you know, I was still in the depression just a little bit longer. But my kid, I want her to see the best and know that mommy can make it. And I want her to be the woman that, a better woman than I ever can, right? You know, so, and I think, on personally, I think I'm better than my personal mom. Um, I, in my mind, I raised myself. So um, I want my daughter to be a better mom and a better person than I am. And I feel like so far, she's a better, she's kinder than I am. Um, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm kind, but she's, as a child, compared to me as a her and a child, she's a kinder person than I am. Um, it might hurt her. Having bit, met her and you, I would say that's true. No, I'm <laughs> but I think she, she's, like, she's a little spitfire. I I really love is. her. She she gives you attitude, but she like even just sharing. But like she was basically the only child until I got my foster daughter. So sharing, she's much. When I was a kid, I was not sharing with people. My mother had to get me and my brother separate things that was not about that sharing life. And it's oh. like I'm blessed that she came out that way, and she's already a better person than I am, a smarter. Compared to book work, she's smarter and better than me in schoolwork. I think she's going to be amazing in the future. Not because she's my daughter, but what the stuff I actually see her do and how she is in school. Yeah. I make sure I take her education very seriously. I know this is not the topic, guys, but I'm just saying, I think even when I'm in the, the, the trials of everything and being homeless and these things happening to me, I try to make sure not to stay in the problems too long and try to think about what's the next step to get this thing better. You know, um, with my eyes, I took the first surgery for one eye. Um, one year when I was 13, the other one by 17, I had to, they wouldn't, they want to do them right away because you have to get your eyes stable to a certain degree before they even go in your eye because the inflammation can be so much after surgery and my condition that I have gives you a lot of inflammation. So they want to make sure it's, you know, stable before they go in. So mm. I just try to think about what's the next step, what to do, what medication I got to take for this and that. And that's, you know, I'm giving you a lot in this podcast. I'm saying I give you about my life, my trauma. I'm giving, but you know what? I, I mean, like, that's what I do. I... <laughs> You know, I've always been told that I said like people really can like let their guards down with me. And I think that's me. You know, I'm always the kind of person I'm like, well, if you got something to say, just sit next to me because I'll listen. I'll right. ask the right questions. I'll pull it out. I'll make you feel so comfortable so that right. I can get the whole like get like the whole story. <laughs> But you're such a nice person. Like, I met you, and you're so cool. You're just so down to earth, you know? Like, we don't come from the same oh, yeah. walks of life or even the parts of the country, but it's still good that we can come together and still talk about stuff and really relate. I think that's what it is. You're very relatable. You're a very nice person. I think that's what it is. That's the key. Well, <laughs> I found I found with being genuine and being real, I right. mean, you, you have to be. Like, I, you know, there's so many times, you know, having been homeless – I uh I used to feel like ashamed to to say that. Right. And you know not till recently I've I've actually been able to say that. People that I've worked with prior have right. known me for such a long time, but I have never invited them to my apartment. I've never, you know, mm. like I just was very a private person um right. because 
I didn't want them to think that, you know, less of me or feel bad for me um, or anything like that. So I never really told people, you know, that I was homeless at one time or anything like that. In fact, I'm not one to, to tell people like my childhood story or, or anything that I've uh, ever really dealt with. Right. Because I just don't, um, I don't like feeling um, vulnerable. I think right. that's what it is. You know, it's really hard for me to feel, to, to just really say, um, you know, I'm struggling, I need help or right. stuff like that. Just, um, just recently, I, I, you know, and here's the thing with, uh, having, you know, being homeless, um, you know, there's probably a population of homeless who have never suffered any real like traumas in their past. Right. And so, you know, so they, you know, the only trauma they've had is, you know, being homeless and what comes with that, right? Right. Um, but, you know, you're talking to someone who has probably experienced, you know, several different areas of trauma. Right. Um, you know, had I gone out of the military um, and had a home to go to, right. I would have been fine. But when right. I was 16, my father and uncle were murdered in the home that I grew up in. Oh, wow. This came to a twist. And my father raised me. So right. there was that extra, like, I had no yeah. home to go to. Right. So I think um, that that trauma right. really um, kind of amplified my homelessness because yeah. it really settled in that I have nowhere to really go. And I think that hopelessness really took me to a place where I thought, I'm not going to make it. Like, this is the time that, you know, um, fortunately, I was, you know, I didn't go down the path of drugs. Um, right. But I thought to myself, like, is this is the time? Do I just give up and start doing that? Like, right. like you know, like, is, is this the point where you start, you know, doing the drugs? Like, what? You know, or is it how it has it has does it have to be something you like? Like, right. or, you know, does your brain have to be wired for it? Like, you know, it had me thinking, like, like you know, like what are my avenues here, my outlets? So true. And I think for you know, for me, it's just kind of like like you know, just putting those jokes out there in my own mind. I'm just like laughing at myself. I'm like, what is wrong with you, Natalie? <laughs> like, like, why do you think you're being funny? This is a serious situation. Right. Like, you're about to have a baby. You don't have nowhere to go, dummy. Right. Like, I'm just like, and in my head, I'm thinking, well, maybe I should be a crackhead. Like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, like you know i've got all sorts of other you know like i can justify it with like everything that i've been through. that's so true though <laughs> that is so true i'm not gonna lie to you i'm gonna put that off out there i mean that's I, I the see... only thing i haven't done and i'm like I'm just... maybe i should do it to do it i don't know i'm not gonna lie to you i was thinking maybe like when i got to my lowest lowest and i feel like i had not enough money I thought stripper would be the best concept to do because you make a lot of money. You don't have to really have sex with people like that. Well, if some people do, some people don't, depending. But you make money and there's no drugs involved. Some people do. <laughs> but I didn't know what to do. I understand what you mean. Like, what else can I turn to <laughs> to help me in this situation? And it's yeah. always the worst thing that comes to your brain. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, what is my Kobe mechanism? For me, I think it's, you know, for me, it's making a joke out of something. Like, trying to find the 
comedy in life, right? That's true. Hey guys, you got to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. Again, follow us on all our social medias. Definitely, definitely, definitely check us out. We're trying to grow our channel, our podcast here. And if you're a person with a story or a person with a resource, definitely DM us and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you again. Share with your community and spread the word. And always try to be kind to people because you don't know what problems they're going through. Anyway, guys, later. Bye.